0: Let's lean in. And today's a very, very special day. I take a couple of times during the year, once in the spring, once in the fall, to sort of give you a vision update about where we are and what we're doing. And and especially if you call City Hills home, how you can get involved in the vision of City Hills. And really, this this series has kind of been, you know, a vision series. And uh, we've been talking to you. I don't have time to sort of catch you up today, but if you haven't called up, go back to, to iTunes or our website or SoundCloud, wherever you get a podcast and grab the last three messages and catch up, because we've been talking about Abram, the Old Testament character you may know as Abraham, that God makes him this promise about sand and stars, that God wants to do something amazing in his life. We really believe that God has a plan for your life. I really think God has a purpose. Matter of fact, we we think God wants to take you on a spiritual journey here at City Hills, that faith is not just a one-time event. You sort of, you know, everything changes in a moment, and it can. God can save you in a moment, but then... That that's the stopping point, that's as best as it'll ever be It's kind of downhill from there, we don't think that We think everybody, everybody, no matter how long you've been serving God How long you've been saved, or maybe you're just raised in church Or whatever your story is, everybody has a next step to take And we think faith is a journey, it's about going on this journey with God And I think all throughout the Bible, God sort of lays out this spiritual journey As a matter of fact, you'll find it in, in Old Testament stories Like when Moses leads the children of Israel out of Egypt he sort of lays out this four-step journey that, that God would have for the people of Israel. And, and then all the way in the New Testament, the Great Commission sort of lays out what these four sort of spiritual steps. And we, we sort of we, we took those spiritual steps on this journey and we just made it in language that we thought you could, you could grab a hold of. And so here's how we say that journey here, that God it's, it's God's plan for your life that you know God. Not that you know about God. There's a, there's a lot of people I meet who know about God. They know about church or about theology or about the Bible, but they don't know the God of the Bible. They don't have a vibrant, life-giving, intimate relationship, passionate relationship with Jesus Christ. And really the ultimate thing God has for you, the first step on that spiritual journey is, is He wants to know you and you to know Him, have a relationship with God. But once you have that relationship with God, once you know God, you're saved, but you still got issues. Everybody's got issues. Look at whoever you came to church with, look them right in the eye and say, you got issues. So some of you, you know, you know their issues. (laughs) You're married to them. You are my issue. (laughs) Everybody's got something in their heart. Everybody's got a yesterday. Everybody's got a past. We think God's plan after he saves you is to help you settle your past. Settle your yesterdays. We say it like this, that God took the children of Israel out of Egypt. Then he had to take Egypt out of them. There's some stuff in your life that you hang on to and some hurts and some habits and stuff. We think God wants to get out of your life and we think he does that best when you're with a group of people, that you get inside of a group and eventually, at some point in that group, you sort of take the mask off and you get real with somebody and you say, guys, here's what I'm going through or here's what's happening in our marriage or here's what's happening in my life or here's a hurt that I need to get past. And The Bible said that healing happens best. When you're in that group, you really find freedom inside of that. And most people I know in Christianity, sort of, if they're going to make a stopping point, this is it. They get saved. They, sort of, they start working through, or this is the biblical word of discipleship. They start working through their issues, finding freedom from their issues, and that's all. But here's what I think. I think the best part of Christianity happens after you settle your yesterdays. And it's sort of like God wipes clean the lenses of your heart so you can see clearly your tomorrows. And the best part of Christianity happens when you, what we call, discover your purpose. When you, start, when you go to God and you say, God, I know there's a plan you have for my life. I'm not an accident, no matter what your mama told you. You, know, you weren't an accident. You, God had a plan for you. You were born on purpose and with a purpose. And if you're ever going to discover the purpose of your life, you have to go back to the one who gave you your life. You got to go to God and say, God, how did you design me? There, there are over 20 people today in growth track who are deciding, God, how are you how did you how did you you know uniquely gift me, my experiences, my personality, my talents, what I do, what I came through? I want to discover the purpose that I have so that. Now listen, so that you can do what I think the ultimate part of Christianity is. I think this is why people are are saved all over America, all over the world. They're Christians on their way to heaven. But they lack fulfillment. They go to bed every night unsatisfied. Hearts are still empty. Because they aren't doing the thing God ultimately saved you for. God saved you, first of all, so He could spend eternity with you. But right after that, it's so you could reach somebody else. That God's plan for your life ends with you making a difference with your life. That after you know God and you've settled your yesterdays, that you decide this is the purpose God has. You discover that purpose and then you put that to use the rest of your life, making a difference in the lives of others. But if you don't follow God's plan for your life, and you sort of follow the world's counterfeit, you'll, you'll settle for the world's alternative of this plan. You want to know what that is? It's that people know who I am. That people know me. We sort of live in this selfie-centered world. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody married to somebody that takes selfies? Don't raise your hand. Don't do that. <laughs> if you want to go home with her, you better not. We live in this this selfie-centered world where it's all about me. I want you to know me and my stuff and my, what I'm going. Everybody know me, and I, I've sort of got this thing now where I want to be famous. I heard somebody on the news just the other day, Blake, who actually used the phrase. This was a like. I mean, this was national news used the phrase describing a person as Instagram famous... I thought to myself, this is what we've come to. Instagram famous is what we've tried. Like, but everybody, I want you to know me and I want to be famous at it. I want everybody to like my stuff. I don't just want you to see my stuff on Instagram or Facebook or wherever it is, that, Snap Face or wherever you're at. You I want you to be famous there. I want, I want people to love my stuff. When they double tap on it, a heart shows up because they love me. I'm famous. My people love me. My followers are waiting to hear from me. And, and, and we sort of have this idea in American culture where everybody gets a platform, where, where we discover our platform. I want to know what makes me famous, what gets me out there, what, how people know my music, how people can hear from me, what well, my opinion about everything, so that I leverage all of my fame and fortune so I can make a dollar. And this is sort of the American dream for your life. That people know who I am, that I'm famous, that I've discovered the platform where everybody can hear from me so that I can make a dollar with my life. And listen, there's a lot of people, maybe not in this church, but there are people around the world who are saved, but this is the pattern they're following. This is sort of the life that they're living, and this is not God's plan for your life. The greatest purpose of your life is not to make a dollar, it's to make a difference. It's that your life matters. It's that your life counts for something. That's why we call our annual vision offering a legacy offering. Because we really think God's called you to do something that outlives you. Everybody say amen to that. And, but, but when you're on your way to sort of how you're going to make a difference with your life, the purpose God has for your life, it's easy to get off track. And this has sort of been a make a difference series every every couple of Times a year we sort of you know use this, this idea of making a difference and I challenge you to do that with your life and purpose in your life. But it's easy to get sidetracked and to miss God's plan. It's easy to get lost and to think I'm never going to arrive at the destination God has for me. Maybe you're in church today and you think, man, that sounds good. These last three weeks have sounded great. I'd love to believe that God's got a plan. God's got a promise. God's got a place for me to go. This sand and stars kind of thing God has for me. But you don't know how far off track I've gotten. Listen to me very clearly. It doesn't matter how far you have gotten off track. God can always get you where he wants you to go. Say amen to that. God can always get you to that. But it's easy to get sidetracked. And this happens to Abram. We've been talking about Abraham for the last three weeks and I'm going to kind of back all the way up early in his story. I'm going to show you how easy it is and I'm going to warn you on this Vision Weekend. I'm going to warn our whole church and and you as an individual, as a family, in a marriage how easy it is to get sidetracked and to miss the land of sand and stars. In your life And it takes longer than four weeks Let me just tell you If you've been thinking over these four weeks Well this is going to be the thing God's going to come through There are times when it takes longer Than you think it is God promises Abraham and Sarah A child when he's 75 and she's 65 And they don't have a baby for 25 years It's not going to happen necessarily in your time But God can get you there If you don't get sidetracked but Abraham starts off this way, getting sidetracked. Let me sort of back you all the way up to the beginning of the story. Here's where it starts: Genesis 11 and verse 27. Now, this is the account of Terah's family. Terah is is Abraham's father, the father of Abram and two other boys, Nahor and Haran. If you if you're pregnant with uh, men, these are good man child names. Nahor, come on, somebody that sounds. You let a dude go to kindergarten named Nahor. Come on, he ain't nobody picking on that dude. Abram and Nahor and Haran are the sons of Terah And Haran was the father of Lot You remember in, in, in the message series that Abraham and Lot, his nephews sort of travel and have to go different directions This is, Lot's father is Haran Haran, however, dies in, 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 the Ur, in Ur of the Chaldeans In the land of his birth, where he was born While his father Terah was still living Terah's alive, Abram's alive, Nahor's alive, and Haran dies before they ever leave Ur of the Chaldeans, or what is modern-day Iraq or Babylon. Meanwhile, Abraham and Nahor take wives, they're both married, and and Abram's wife's name is Sarai. The name of Nahor's wife was Milcah. These are terrible wife names. Don't, Don't pick those. But Sarai was unable to become pregnant and had no children. You know that. And one day Terah took his son Abram and his daughter-in-law Sarai and his grandson Lot. This is Haran's child. Haran has died in Ur and and now Terah takes his child, his only child, the way it, it appears, the only one that we know about, Lot, and he moved away from Ur of the Chaldeans and he was headed for, listen close, he was headed for the promised land the thing that God would eventually give Abraham, the sand and stars place, that piece of land in the Middle East just around the Mediterranean, that for whatever reason, God made an everlasting covenant as long as this earth exists and in the new heaven and new earth, that piece of real estate will forever belong to the descendants of Abraham. By the way, let me interject here. If you've been born again and you're a child of God, you're following Jesus, did you know you are a son of Abraham? Do you know that? All the promises God has for him, he has for you. And so God is leading them on the way to Canaan, but they stopped. Listen close. They stopped in a city by the same name as Terah's dead son, Haran. And this is the part I want you to underline in your Bible. They stopped in Haran, and they settled there. They settled there. And Terah lived for 205 years, and he died while still in Haran. Terah is on his way to the promised land Headed towards the, the, the land of sand and stars Where God had promised them But he dies He settles in this land Named after his dead son And he dies where he settles He dies where he settles. I think it's so interesting that the place that they stopped had the same name as the son that he lost. We have no reason to believe there's a connection except it was just a popular name. But this is what I know to be true. So many people settle in the place of their biggest hurt. They just settle in the land of their biggest regret, their biggest mistake, their biggest hurt, the thing that defined their lives. And for whatever reason, Terah gets to this town right outside of Ur, and he gets to Haran, and they just settle down there. And the Bible said Terah dies there, never fully seeing where God had called him to be. Never fully getting to the place God wanted him to be. Maybe there's something in Tara's past that kind of caught up with him. That he gets to that place and everywhere he goes, it reminds him of his dead son. Every place he visits. that uh, The, the barber shop is the, is the Haran barbershop. The, the supermarket is the Haran super. Everything's got his son's name on it. And I just can't leave this city because it reminds me so much of him. And so many people that I meet along the way settle in the land that reminds them the most. Of their past Their biggest hurt Their biggest regret Maybe your biggest victory You get to that land And you just stop there And you never fully see And the Bible says Unfortunately Terah dies There He's moved away from Ur He's headed to Canaan But he starts running away It seems as though Terah is more interested in running Than he is pursuing I meet people all the time who tell me, Pastor, I'm, 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 I'm headed in the right direction. But really, you're not pursuing anything. When I ask them, well, where are you going? What's God's vision for your life? What are you going to do with your life? Well, I have no idea. I just know I'm not going to be there anymore. I'm just not going to stay back there. Too many of people are running for something, but they're not running to something. They really don't have a vision for their life. All they do is spend their whole life running from what's behind them. You cannot spend your whole life running away from something when God's called you to run to something. If you do, you'll settle in the land of your biggest hurt. When we started City Hills, Brandon and I weren't running from anything at Vision Weekend. I sort of like to tell you the story. We, we, everything was great. I had spent almost twenty years in vocational ministry as an executive pastor for large churches. I, I really, th- you know, thousands of people, and I was able to travel the world. I had some neat opportunities to preach on on very large stages, and things were going good in our lives. And and, and it had been ten years we hadn't been able to have children, but then we got pregnant. And, well, we didn't get pregnant. She did, and. I didn't and, and so, But I, I gained some weight Just so she felt okay You know what I'm saying Which I'm still working through And, and we had another baby Shortly thereafter About two, two years And nine months later We had another uh, baby And shortly after Our second child was born I go to my wife Which is not the best way That you could possibly do this And I said I think God's called us Away from this She said Away from what? I said, "Oh, you know, like this place." She said, "Oh, you mean the consistent paycheck, the four hundred and one k, the house, that thing, the the insurance, the that that thing with my two babies." You think God's called us away from that? I said, "Yeah, something like that." <laughs> we weren't running from anything, but we were running to what God had put in our hearts. You got to, at some point in your life, you got to start deciding. I'm not going to keep running away from anything I'm not going to keep running away from this church this relationship this problem this thing this hurt this regret like Tara did you got to get in your mind I can't settle there I'm running to something because if you give into your past write this down if you give into your past you ultimately will die to your future if you give into your past you'll ultimately die to your future you'll have nothing in front of you you're running to you'll just be running from and I want to focus your attention again this Vision Weekend on what God could... What, what would it happen if we all ran to something instead of from? If you're going to get to the land of sand and stars, let me give you three things. I'm going to give you three things you're going to have to do so you don't settle, so you don't stop, so you don't get like Tara and die in that place. Write this down. Here's the first one. You're going to have to learn. We're going to have to learn as a church to Manage your memories. Manage your memories. Everybody has painful memories. Everybody has something in your past that you go back to over and over again. Or maybe everybody has good things, a victory in your past. Anybody know somebody who's a little overweight right now who always talks about the athlete they were in high school? Come on, somebody. Yeah, you do. You may be married to them, the glory days of their football career. You know what I'm saying? And right now you're thinking, partner, you couldn't bend over and pick up a football. You know what I'm saying? Let alone throw one or do anything, but we all have these memories, good or bad, that we go back to because emotions are attached to our memories. There's this thing that rises up in us. There's when a song comes on and you think, "Man, that was my song." You know, you think about your first love when that Alan Jackson song comes on. You know what I'm saying? Like Alan Jackson. Anybody? Alan Jackson? Yeah. If you don't love Alan Jackson, it's a wrong church for you. I'm kidding. Or are you run into people, or, or, or just or smells? You know, there's certain smells that sort of get in your nose, and you remember. It takes you all the way back because I remember, and you feel the way you felt in that in, in that moment because memories are attached to emotions. I, 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 this has happened to us not 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 too many years ago. Brandon and I were in were in New Orleans, and we'd spent the day there before we had kids. We loved. The, uh, you know, uptown New Orleans, sort of the North Shore. We across Lake Pontchartrain is is a town called Covington. Look, just cute little Southern Louisiana town. And we had walked that little town that day and had a, had a great time. We walked in this. It was really a little house that was a Thai food place. Anybody love Thai food? Where are you at on Thai food? I'm from, uh, good. I'm from Arkansas, so I'd never eaten Thai food. Whatever. Anyway, so she's like, "Do you want to give it a try?" I said, "Yeah, I'm down for anything." I'm walking around. Come on, men. Sometimes you just got to say yes. You know what I'm saying? So, so, so we said yes, we go in, we had this great meal, and I really did enjoy it, it was fantastic, I love, I love Asian flair and food, and, so, and, and this is great. We lived about an hour away from Covington, about halfway through the drive home, I told Brandy, I gave her that look that said, something's not right, you know what I'm trying to tell you, something between here and here is not, not going good. This is not good. And I spent the next 12 hours not good. You understand what I'm trying to tell you. There was some, there was there, I I I gave up things that I needed. You know what I'm saying? Like I I gave away things that I wish I had back. (laughs) Like that's how bad it was. Just a terrible case of food poisoning. I think they actually put a a person from Thailand in whatever it was. Absolutely terrible. It was awful, and to this day, so help me God, to this day I have not eaten Thai food—not one more time. I'm nauseous thinking about this right now. T- telling you the story, I don't—I don't, I don't want to go. Don't invite me. I don't care if pad Thai is your favorite thing in the world. And I've just never been to your place. I'm not going because every time I think about it or smell it or go, I go back to that day, because emotions are attached to your memories, and sometimes there's some emotions that you are reliving, that they're attached to those memories. Memories have a way of pulling you out of the present and they bring you back to an emotionally charged past. But don't underestimate the power of managing your memories. you got to learn how to or they'll hold you where you are and Terah gets to Haran and he can't manage the memory of his son that he buried. And he never fully sees the promise God has for him. He never leaves that place because everywhere he turned, he smelled, he saw, he heard the name of his son. And he couldn't move on. As a church, we're gonna learn how to manage our memories. Come on, it's Vision Weekend. Even the good stuff that's happened in your life, you can't keep going back and reliving past victories. God's got more He wants to do in your life. As a church, we've seen amazing things in just two years. If you're new to City Hills, I always like to tell you every once in a while. Just two years ago, late September, we started this church with nobody. No, we didn't have a clue what we were doing. We didn't. We didn't know a soul in this town. And and when you move to the suburbs and you're not from here, sometimes people are not the. Nicest. You don't understand what I'm trying to tell you, and so we we just didn't know. And now here we are, two years later. Let me tell you about your church. Over 500 members. People call this place home every single week. Every week. Listen, we've put 150 people on the dream team this semester alone. We've done five, six semesters. This semester alone, there's 150 people inside of a Connect group. Here's what I love. This in the past two years, we've baptized 125 new believers. In just two years, people raised a brand new life. Hundreds of people have picked up a book that we have available at Connections called A Fresh Start With God. People who've said I'm starting over with God. I want to take a next step. I prayed that prayer of salvation. We've given away literally tens of thousands of dollars in two years to planting churches and missionaries around the world and building Bible schools. But we are not done here. We can't just, we can't just have those memories of what we've done. We've got to keep moving ahead to what God has for you. You got to learn to manage your memories. Listen close. Write this down. Do not assume. Don't assume that all God has done is all that God wants to do in your life. Don't assume that all that God has done is all that God wants to do. Paul said it like this writing to the Philippians. I focus on this one thing. I'm going to forget the past. That doesn't mean you got to forget where you come from. It just means I'm not going to live in the past. I'm going to look forward to what lies ahead. But more than looking that way, more than turning my attention that way, and listen to me, more than talking that way, you got to get more than lip service. Paul said, I'm going to get up every day and I'm going to press on to reach the end of this race and receive not an earthly reward not people knowing me or fame or money no I got a heavenly prize that God through Christ Jesus has called me to that is God's plan for your life you got to manage your memories you got to manage your memories the good ones the bad ones if you're going to move on Tara to where God's called you to be Here's the second thing, write this down. After you manage your memories, you gotta refuse to settle. You gotta refuse to stay here. Refuse to stay here. Dreamers, dreamers do not settle, dreamers pioneer. Dreamers don't settle, they just keep pioneering new lands, new places, new things, new dreams. They don't allow fear to keep them tethered to what is familiar and what's known. They don't allow fear to go, I just can't, Tara said, I just can't leave here. This is Haran, this is where I, I this reminds me here, let's just settle down. I don't know what Haran had to offer, maybe the, maybe it was good agriculture, maybe it was good food. Come on, I pick, I pick cities based on restaurants, Come Somebody. Maybe it was just, I don't know what it was that made it But he just said this is where we're going to settle right here And the problem is Abraham, his son Who God had made a promise to Settles in the same land as his father He buries his father in the land of his settlement God I wish I had time to preach this message like I feel it Canaan is in his future But Abram settles With his daddy in Haran Because if you hang out with settlers You're always going to settle for less you got to look around your life you got to look around You'll just start adapting to the same conditions they do You'll have the same mindsets they have You'll have the same reasoning they have You'll start talking the way they talk Because settlers like to hang out with other settlers But pioneers say we can't stay here God hasn't promised us this land He promised us something more than this You gotta hang out with dreamers. That's why we call our team. Let me let you in a little secret. Why we call them a dream team? Come on, everybody. It's not because they're Michael Jordan, even though the dream team back then could beat anybody today, especially LeBron. Any, especially LeBron. You better say amen to that. I can't wait for the day that the Lakers keep losing. I just I don't know why I got anointed talking about LeBron like that. We call them the dream team because God's put a dream in their life. And when you get around other dreamers, it's amazing what happens to you. Your eyes start focusing on others and the dream in front of you and the vision in front of you, and you'll stop settling in your problems, in your yesterdays. It, the best way I can pastor you is getting you on a team. You say, how in the world can you do that? Because I can connect you with it. other dreamers like Henry. like Henry Gonzalez has been a member of a team for a year. He's a fantastic producer, literally worldwide album all over the world Travels around literally the world Producing And, 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 and so I, you know why I want our musicians around Henry Because he's a dreamer He's not settled He's not, he's not given in he, Listen I, I, it's easy to just sit back and say I guess this is good enough Not him, no, no, no I got a dream for what's next You need to be on a team of people Who are constantly dreaming Constantly looking People who are thinking There's got to be more than this Settlers think this is good enough Haran's good enough, but dreamers think there's more. There's more. Come on, at the top of your notes, would you write that? One of the heartbeats of this house is there is more. There's more. There's more for you. There's more for you. There's more that God wants to do through you. There's more that God has for you. There's more that God has for us as a church, and as long as there's breath in my body, I can't stop here. We cannot be satisfied with where we are. You can't settle where you are. I got vision for more. Let me let you in on a little vision. Can I do that? Would you, would you go along with me? I'm, can I show you somewhere that, that I've never seen before? <laughs> can, can I show you? I don't even know where this building is. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I don't know who owns it, <laughs> I don't know how much it costs. I don't know how we're going to get it. I just know this, City Hills, we are not going to settle where we are. We're not going to settle at 500. As long as hell is a real place and heaven is a real place, we will not settle where we currently are. So here's what I just get up every day and I think about a city I don't know about. I dream about a place that, that, that's that's highly visible. I don't know where it is—somewhere between here and San Antonio, or on I-10 in the corridor, or on 1604 in the corridor, somewhere in the hill country. It's a vision that, that that's easily accessible. It's warm and welcoming. People love to go there. People just think, "I love this place. It feels like home when I walk in." You want to look like you want to see what it looks like when you walk in. I don't know where this is, but it may look something like this. I think this could be the lobby, and it just people just walking in, and 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 and, and when they come in, listen, when they enter the lobby it's buzzing with people, people that are connecting, people that are smiling, people that are excited about church, people who are on mission, people who are joining groups people who aren't just joining a church today, they're joining a family of people in that lobby come on, when they walk through the lobby, they take their little bad kids because nobody wants to go to church with their bad kids and they bring their little bad kids uh, uh, past all of these joy filled dream teamers, dream teamers that smile I tell our team all the time, if you can't be, if you can't smile or have joy when you do this, just let me give you another church to go to, that's where all the sad people go, come on, this church is this lobby is going to be full of dream teamers who are living their purpose, who are making a difference and they and they take them through a little kit. you want to see where your kids will go, I don't know what it looks like, but it may look something like this they check their kids into environments that are that are state of the art and, and age specific and, and listen, inside of these rooms they're not just taught God's word, they will they're not just taught in an exciting and a relatable way, they are, but in these rooms kids are taught that they're future world changers that God has a plan for their life a calling in their life a purpose for their life that they're called to be leaders and not followers influencers and not easily influenced by the world this is what happens in those and I don't know where it is I don't know how much it costs I don't know which one of y'all owns this building but wherever it is we can't settle where we are after you drop your little kids up you don't see some more Me too After you drop your little kids off in there And and, and they get into their rooms And and they're changing the world together You get your coffee and donuts Because wherever we go There's going to be coffee and donuts Say amen to that And you walk in the back of that Warm welcoming auditorium It may look something just like this You walk into that auditorium That has cutting edge audio and video and lighting But listen None of this stuff you see right here Listen None of this is meant to entertain you We didn't build none of this for you We built all of this So we could draw people in To the life giving life changing transforming power of Jesus Christ. On that stage right there, our worship team leads with passion. The Word of God is preached with anointing. It's applicable to your life. You leave here transformed in this building. Look at it. Count the chairs. Inside of that building, people are saved. Marriages are healed. Addicts are delivered. Families are pastored. Prayers are offered. People discovered their purpose. But here's the best part. People don't stay in this building. The church that meets in this building is mobilized to leave this building, go back into their world, and make a difference in their world. I don't know where it is But we can't settle where we are We can't settle where we are Abraham I don't know How we get out of Haran but we got to keep moving We can't settle here It's worth this, This right here listen I've decided to give my life to it It's worth giving your life to changing the world Together with other dreamers It's worth leaving behind. It's worth giving everything you got. It's why we call it the legacy offering. Because it really is worth leaving a legacy. Not settling where we are. You may have to leave behind some people. Genesis 12 and 1, the Lord says to Abram, Leave your native country. This is while he's in Haran, by the way. You may have to leave some relatives, your father's family, your cousins, your aunties, your friends, the people who got you here may not be able to go with you there. Leave and go to the land that I'll show you. Leave and go, leave and go. Always seems to be God's way when He calls somebody to something more. He's got to call them out of their past. He tells Peter, leave your nets and follow me. There's a leaving and going. You're going to have to leave some things behind if you're not going to settle. You're going to have to leave some attitudes, some relationships. You're going to have to leave excuses behind. You're going to have to leave some negativity behind, some friends maybe, some complaining, some disappointments. City Hills, listen, if you're going to go where God's calling us, we're going to have to leave behind small thinking and small praying and small giving. We're going to have to leave behind negativity and good enough thinking because this church will always be on mission to reach people with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ. We will always build environments and teams So that people know God Find freedom Discover their purpose And make a difference So how long are you going to stay stuck where you are How long are you not going to settle where you are So many people when they're given the choice They rather choose comfort Rather than their destiny Listen close This whole series is me ruffling your feathers Out of comfort Into destiny Safety over opportunity Not us Not this church Not you So many people would rather settle for less than sacrifice for more, not us. We're gonna sacrifice. We're gonna give. This church will never be built on the gifts and talents of a few, but on the sacrifice of many. This will always be about what God has in store. Next. Here's the third thing you gotta write this down and then we'll pray. You gotta manage your memories, you gotta refuse to settle. Come on Abram, don't don't settle there with your father. I know you had to bury him in that place where he settled. But then just keep making bold decisions in the right direction. If you're going to go into the promise God has for you, you're going to have to keep making bold decisions in the right direction. Bold decisions in the right direction. I got to get rid of this. I got to cut them out. I can't be in relationship there. I got to move forward i got to make bold decisions, but not just any decision. i got to keep going in the right direction. We're going to keep the vision in front of you. We met with our team just this week. We're going to keep the vision in front of you more than you've ever seen it before. You know why? Because i got to keep you moving in the right direction. This church is not a church where you go to to have church. Listen to me. Don't misunderstand me. We're here to pastor you and love you and care for you and disciple you and teach you and grow you. But the primary reason we're here is not to have church. The primary reason we're here is to get you on mission to be the church. I want you doing what God called you to do. I want you to press on to the dream. God tells Abraham, hey, listen, if you'll leave all that behind, Genesis 12 and 2, then I'll make you into a great nation. You know what I love about the God of the Bible? Is He'll give you the things the world promises you. I'll bless you. I'll make you famous and, and, and you'll be a blessing to others. The difference between God's system and the world's system is everything He gives you, He gives you so you could be a blessing to somebody else. We've got a big mission in front of us. You've got a big mission in front of you. You've been believing and praying for sand and stars. And I just want to encourage on this last weekend of this series God never stirs people to small things. God never stirs people to insignificant things I think the reason why God used the analogy That he did with Abraham Of sand and stars Is because he knew it was the easiest way He could get Abraham to keep the vision in front of him That every time Abraham Who who was was a Bedouin by the way Who who would live in tents He was a traveler Like just culturally they lived in tents They didn't stay in one area Every time he would pack his tent up And stand outside Look into the stars. He could remember the promise. Every time he would walk along the seashore, every time he would walk around that, 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 that sea of Galilee, he would walk into sort of those, every time he would walk around that dead sea, it was, it was dense, but there would be sand. Every time he would walk around the Mediterranean shore, just east where Syria is now, he would walk all the way down, and with sand between his toes, God could keep the vision in front of him. Because you have to keep moving in the direction Bold direction, keep moving and making bold decisions in the direction that God's called you to be When I was praying and preparing this message for you this week I ran across a quote that I thought was fantastic While people are praying and believing, God why, why haven't you answered Where, When are you going to come through, when are you going to give us a baby I can hear Abraham and Sarah 26, I'm sorry 25 years later Believe in God, but in year 1, year 2, year 3, year 10, year 12, year 18, year 22. Where are you at? Why aren't you coming through yet? I think sometimes we're waiting on God, and God's waiting on you. God's waiting on you to take a first step. Could, I read this quote. I thought this was fantastic from Erwin McManus in Los Angeles. He said it like this. The lives we have chosen require so little of God because they require so little of us. That God's waiting on you to take a first step. That the God of the universe will always meet you more than halfway. Listen close. But the first step's always yours. The father of the prodigal son stands at home. As a matter of fact, most people believe he left the house and would go to the edge of the city. But the first step was a prodigal who said, I'm going to go home today. First step's always yours. Maybe your next step is to join the church at Growth Track. Today was our fast track. That's okay. Next month, we do on the first and second weekend of every single month. You can just join the church. Maybe it's serving in your gifts. Maybe it's really getting on a team. Maybe it's tithings. God's been talking to you and you think, I don't know if this is the right season. It's the right season. Maybe it's giving in the legacy offering. Maybe God's talking to some of your hearts about what you're going to give. Romans 12 says there's a spiritual gift of giving. Some of you have that spiritual gift of giving that you go, you just go all in with God. I've told you this probably since we started this church that if you'll just give a year of your life, just one year, and watch what God does in your life, and you'll go all in in that year. I mean, all in. You'll serve, you'll tithe, you'll get in small groups, you'll just do everything that we do. If after a year, you don't, you don't see your life drastically different for the better. That God hasn't an answered moved in your life and made a way in your life and really shown His self powerful in your life. We'll give you all your money back. You can change churches and I'll change with you. Wherever you go to church, I'll follow you. That's just how confident I am in this God vision for your life. If you'll just take the next step. And I think as we end Sand and Stars, that's my charge to you. Vision weekend is. Where, where, where are you going? Where, where, where are you headed? Or, or did you take a detour? Did you stop in Haran? Is a, is a memory getting you uh, held back? Is there something in your past that's holding you behind, settling where it is? That you, you remember your hurt, your pain. Are, are you not moving forward? Are, are you not? Do you not have vision in front of your life? Are you running from something instead of running to it? God wants to shake you out because there is a promise for you. Abraham, I really do have something for you. God really does have something for you. Why not you bow your heads in prayer? Maybe you'd search your heart just in the next 60 seconds or so and you'd say, man, I know this feeling. I, I I know the feeling of, of feeling like I settled where I am I used to be a dreamer I used to have plans and visions and goals But I've just sort of settled here Maybe in your past hurt Maybe in your past victory The way it used to be The way it could have been Maybe maybe inside of that settling You've just stopped dreaming You've settled around other settlers Who are telling you just This, this is good, this is good enough Let's just be happy here. Abraham has to bury his father in the land that he settled. There are people in your life who are counting on you to keep dreaming. God dreams, not just money, not fame, not a platform. Really a life that makes a difference. If you're here today and that's you, nobody's looking around, everybody's praying. You say, Pastor, I I know that feeling. I feel like I've settled where I am. I feel that settling that God has more and I've just sort of, I've stopped. I'm ready to dream again. I'm ready to keep pursuing. If that's you, just include me in this prayer. If that's you all over the house, would you just boldly raise your hand and say, Pastor, include me in this prayer. I see you, I see you. I see you, hands up literally all over the place. I've settled on my past memory. I've settled where I am. I I I gotta move on past this. I gotta move on. God's got something for me to do. You can put your hands down, Lord Jesus. I pray for every person whose hand just raised. Every person who says that's me. I I need a fresh start. I need a new dream. I need that vision He's talking about. I want to pursue that. I want to go where God wants me to go. Now you got to pray this prayer for yourself. I'll give you some words to say. Lord Jesus, I surrender my dream to you. I give you my past. I give you where I've been. I give you my hurts. I give you my memories. I give you the things that I've done well, the things that have been terrible, the good, the bad, the ugly, everything in my life. I'm going to surrender it to you. God, I don't want to stop where I am if you've got sand and stars for me. God, I'm going to give you my whole life if you've never prayed that kind of prayer. God, I give you everything in my life. God I surrender my whole heart be the Lord of my life today save me today not just from my sin but from myself God I'm going to follow you I'm going to take a next step this is the year this is the season where I really do go forward I really start moving towards the promise of God in my life thank you thank you for the sand and stars promise that you've given me thank you for a church full of vision thank you for an amazing church that gets behind that vision move in the kingdom of God forward. In Jesus' name, everybody shout a big amen.